You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Moses flashed back 40 years at the Egyptian mistreating the Hebrew and he took action and he killed the Egyptian and buried him in the sand. And by this time, listen, he knows how much of a failure he was in that act. But now after 40 years on the backside of the desert, most humble man on the face of the earth and God comes calling again and renews his initial call and says, now, now you're at a point, now I can use you. Now you can be my instrument. Have you ever received a calling from God only to immediately think of all the times you failed miserably in your life? While the enemy loves to sow doubt and condemnation in our lives, we sometimes end up being our own worst enemy when it comes to doubt. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on the humility that Moses more than likely experienced regarding his failures. In his study, you'll learn how God chooses to use us even in our shortcomings, so long as we're willing. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Exodus chapter 3 with today's edition of The Living Word. Exodus chapter 3. Oh man, look at this, look at this. Forty years later, verse 1, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, and he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. The angel of the Lord, when it says the angel, not an angel, the angel, that's Christ before he became the baby and the man Jesus. This is God in the Old Testament. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I'll go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses, Moses said, here I am. Don't come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Let me summarize just the next few verses. God says to Moses, I've seen the misery of my people back in Egypt. And then he says, I'm sending you. To deliver them. There's no question in my mind. Moses at that moment. When God says I'm sending you. Back to Egypt. To be my agent. To deliver them. Moses flashed back 40 years. At the Egyptian mistreating the Hebrew. And he took action. And he killed the Egyptian. And buried him in the sand. And by this time listen. He knows how much of a failure. He was in that act. But now after 40 years on the backside of the desert, most humble man on the face of the earth, and God comes calling again and renews his initial call and says, now, now you're at a point, now I can use you. Now you can be my instrument. And Moses is so excited, he packs his bags quickly and he gets on that camel and he takes off to Egypt. No, 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 no. If you don't know the story, that's not the way it goes, all right? Look, look, look. God says, I'm sending you. Verse 11, chapter 3, Moses said to God, who am I? 
that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. That's not good enough for Moses. Verse 13, Moses said to God, well, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father sent me and they ask, what's his name? And what shall I tell them? Now, I wouldn't have necessarily liked this answer. I don't know if Moses liked it. I don't think he did because as we read on, I think you'll get the idea that he didn't like this. But God said to Moses, I am who I am. So if they say who sent you, you tell them I am. And then you think about that. You go into some people and say, hey, God sent me to deliver you. Well, what, what's the God? What's your God's name? I am. That's what he says. And then God goes on to encourage Moses and say, I'm going to show my power and you can't, you wait and see what all I'm going to do. And then you get to chapter four. And after God encourages Moses, I'm going to show myself powerful. Moses said, well, what if they don't believe me? Or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you. Then the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? He says, it's a staff. God says, throw it down. He throws it down. It becomes a snake. Moses runs from it. That's what it says. And then God says, after he ran from it, God says, now, grab it by the tail. Right. Huh. But he does. And he grabs it by the tail. And it immediately becomes a staff again. Then God says, take your hand. Put it in your cloak. He puts it in his cloak. God says, bring it out. He brings it out. It's leprous. God says, put it back in. He puts it back in. God says, take it back out. He takes it back out. It's healed. God says, if, if those uh, don't work, then go get some water from the Nile. Throw it on the ground in front of Pharaoh, and I'll turn it into blood. In other words, God says, I'm going to do miracles. Okay? I'm going to do miracles. Well, that ought to be enough. But verse 10, chapter 4, Moses said to the Lord, Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. Now, wait a minute. Forty years before, he was powerful in speech and action. But 40 years on the backside of the desert working for your father-in-law with wife and kids, life can change. <laughs> and so now he says, Lord, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. And the Lord says, who made man's mouth? That's a pretty good answer, huh? And then finally, verse 13, Moses said, oh, Lord, please send somebody else. Now, I'm going to interject my opinion here. Of all the things going on in Moses' heart and mind, I think one of the things is if he follows the call of God renewed in his life now, I think one of the things going through his mind is, what if I fail all over again? He's satisfied to just stay where he is. He's been on the backside of the desert 40 years. He is a humble man, and now God calls with a renewed call. And I think he's going through a lot, but I think, my opinion is, one of the things is he's afraid he will fail. You know what? He did. He does respond. But notice this kind of mysterious section, chapter 4, verse 24. Look at it. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. What in the world could make God so angry with Moses on the way back to be the agent of deliverance? But Zipporah took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. 
Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. At that time, she said bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. Now, that's kind of odd, especially if you don't know what's happening here. What is happening? Well, he's the most humble man on the face of the earth, 40 years of flesh purging on the backside of the desert, a married man, and now following the call of God. But before he gets back and becomes the leader back in Egypt that God intends him to be, he needs to take care of some things at home. Because following in the footsteps of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and those patriarchs, one of the things God gave to them was circumcision for their children. Circumcision. What is circumcision? It just means a rolling away of the flesh. It's a physical thing that had a spiritual meaning. The rolling away of the flesh, the same thing God had been doing for 40 years in Moses' life. And yet he failed as a father in his responsibility in regard to his son. And so, just like happens so many times, mom steps in and does what he should have done. And then God says, okay. And he goes on back to Egypt. But he failed. He failed. Family failure. Been saved maybe a year. I'm in Christian college, my first year in Christian college. And I went in the bookstore and saw this book. It's called With Whole Not Correction. I bought it. I read it. I highlighted it. Didn't have a girlfriend. Didn't have my sights on any girls. But I knew. I knew by faith one day I'd meet a Christian girl that I was to marry I'd get married, I'd be the best Christian husband the world's ever seen, and I was going to prepare myself so I'd be the best Christian father the world had ever seen. Five things ruined my dreams. <clears throat> my wife and four kids. And uh, that don't misunderstand that. It's not their fault. I came to realize there's only one perfect husband other than Christ, and that's the man who's never been married. And there's only one perfect parent other than God, and that's the person that's never had children. You can be a great parent studying all the material, but real life throws you some curves. Moses failed, but guess what? Greatest king of all Israel and a great man of faith, King David. You read about his life, he was a failure as a parent. He was a failure. You read his life, a failure. But he persevered. What was it that kept him going? It was his humility and his faith in a God who was invisible, but he knew was real. And then over time, he had to learn patience. And he had to discover what God's plan for deliverance really was. The book of Hebrews encourages its readers to discontinue their reliance on the law, the old way of living. Jesus came to fulfill not only the prophecies of a Savior, but also the law itself. He perfectly lived out every word of it, never wavering, and always showing love and kindness. Jesus then became the sacrificial lamb, the one who would die in your place, so you wouldn't need to face the punishment your sins deserve. His blood paid the price. All you need to do is accept it. Are you ready to take this step of faith? Jesus is ready and waiting for you to step away from your old life with loving arms wide open. If you're making a decision for your Savior today, please let us know. We want to pray for you and be available to answer any questions you might have. 
please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. That's info at ccfstpete.church. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word with us. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Join our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for more from this study in the book of Hebrews right here on The Living Word. 